Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. On Point, keeping you focused in the right direction. I'm your facilitator, Vincent, Mr. Speaker Edwards, and I want to let you know, please check out the bishop's website at www.robertgrudolph.org, where you can find all the episodes of his podcast and stay abreast of what the bishop has going on. Also, the podcast is available on the Apple platform. Just go to Apple and you can search and find On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. During the broadcast, we will um, allow for questions and bring you to the floor, but we ask that you keep your topic um, related to today's subject. And today we're going to continue with the last seven sayings of Christ. And I do believe the bishop is going to talk to us about uh, a little bit about compassion and anguish, dealing with it from woman, behold thy son. And my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? With that being said, it is truly a pleasure to be here. Bishop Rudolph, how are you doing, my brother? I am doing fine, sir. How are you doing today? Oh, it's just another day that the Lord has kept me, and it has been truly a Sunday on today, Bishop. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, it has been a day, a day of days, but it's all good. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm looking forward to today's discussion, and if you could go ahead and just bring us into the presence of God with a prayer and then begin this lesson today, continuing with the seven last words of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you this day for the wonderful opportunity to use this podcast to preach and to minister your word to all people. Now, Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, today is the day that the Lord has made, my brother and uh, my sisters and everyone that is listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on today. For the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about a family affair. That's right, a family affair. And on one end, we find Jesus taking care of his mother and taking care of his closest disciple, John. But on the other end, his father, it seems, is forsaking him. And I want to talk about both of those instances. Let me go to the scripture, and I I want to paraphrase that scripture on today. This is what it says. Jesus looked at his mother, and he looked at his disciple, John, while he was on the cross of Calvary. And he said, woman, behold thy son, and son, behold thy mother. Now, there are a couple of things that I want to bring to your attention, and that is, it's very interesting to me that Jesus and Mary had such a relationship, not just because he was the firstborn son, but he was also, it was a very special situation with Mary, because she realized that Jesus was the savior of the world. And I'm quite certain that she had to deal with him a bit differently, maybe than the other children. But the Bible records that Jesus had several brothers and sisters. As a matter of fact, it is noted that there were four other brothers in addition to Jesus being a boy child. And then there were at least two sisters. So I'm quite certain there were five, six, seven children or so, roughly six to seven children 
in that family. So when Jesus was on the cross of Calvary, Mr. Speaker, I just want to know why did Jesus turn to John and say, you know, uh, John, this is your mother now. And mother, well, woman, this is your son now. And I got some confirmation about this in the in the scriptures. The Bible tells us uh, that Jesus grew up as Jesus. And even though we know him as savior of the world, even members of his family did not accept him, per se, until after the day of Pentecost. So that's an interesting situation with his brothers and his sisters. So when Jesus was on the cross of Calvary, nobody else was there other than his mother and John. That was it. And there, there, there was Mary, uh, the, the wife of Cleophas, and also Mary Magdalene. That's what the Bible tells us. So there were no brothers and sisters uh, that were around Jesus at the cross. So Jesus wanted to take care of his mother. And he did that by asking John to be now the son of Mary so that she could have someone to take care of her because uh, history tells us that Joseph was probably a little bit older than Mary. And history tells us that by this time, Joseph had died. So I thought that was very interesting, Mr. Speaker. Very interesting. Most definitely. But he, I hear what I see is that that Jesus knew that he needed to place the care of his mother into someone who would understand what was going on, because I do believe that she was going to have some some rough times because of who Jesus claimed to be. And he was the son of God. And you notice that when tough times happen, your true friends and those who will believe in you will be there. And everyone had left and only those that were there who really believed in him were there. And I believe Jesus just felt that, hey, I'm going to put her in the hands of John, the beloved. I know he will take care of it, of my mother, because he's been there with me at all times. Exactly. And if John was the beloved disciple, that means that he and Jesus had a strong relationship. And I'm quite sure this was probably the best friend of Jesus on this earth at that particular time. So who else would you put her in the hands of other than someone who was that close to you. So it's interesting how that relationship developed and it's interesting how Jesus took care of his mother, even in his anguish and even in his pain. He took care of, quote unquote, family business. Well, now, here's something else, Mr. Speaker, and, and, and I want to move to this uh, because it's a powerful statement on sin. Uh, are you ready for this, Mr. Speaker? Oh, I'm ready, Bishop. I just thank you how you dealt with us here in that book of John, chapter 19, 26 and 27. But I'm ready to hear the rest of this, though. Oh, no, no, no problem. Uh, now, I want you all to really listen to this. The Bible tells us that Jesus was on the cross of Calvary and he spent at least six hours on that cross before he died. And at the height of his suffering, at the height of his pain. The father who sent him there, it appears from the statement of Jesus, where Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the reason why Jesus said that is because he was close to his father. Watch this. He felt the separation of him and his father due to the sin that was placed upon Jesus to save us from our 
sins. Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. Jesus had all of this sin, all of this degradation, all of this humiliation that was placed upon him on the cross of Calvary. And I would imagine that it was painful by itself. It was painful. But the fact that all of the sin of the world, every bit of sin that we would ever commit, not only those people committing the sin by putting him on the cross and doing him wrong, but he would look into 2022 and he would see our sins today. And he would say, not only Father, forgive them for what they they don't even understand, but he would say, Lord, I am the ultimate sacrifice and I'm putting this sin on me so they don't have to deal with this in the future and that they can be saved. So when all of that was on him, when all of that came upon him, he said, Father, Father, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And for a brief historical moment, that relationship between God and the Father was no more at that point in time. That's powerful. Powerful, Mr. Speaker. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I love the way you're teaching that from, uh, I believe, the book of Matthew, chapter 27, 46. And what people fail to realize is that for that moment, Jesus took the weight of sin. And God yes. had to look away from it because God couldn't look on sin. And he bore that. And that was the first time that Jesus yes. had ever been separated from the father they had never exactly. been separated and so to all of a sudden know that glory and not know it is like oh wait a minute mm. this is something I, I i can't relate to this where you at daddy and but it had to take place because another thing now jesus actually felt yes. what we should feel being separated from the father from that event in the garden what do you say about that bishop Oh, man, that you now you talk about something. Now, first, Jesus. Now, now let's go to that garden for a minute. Can we do that? Um, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was beginning to feel the anguish and the pain already, the anxiety of all of this. And Jesus said, Lord, let this bitter cup pass from me. But then he got himself together and said, nevertheless, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And in just a few hours, God's will was actually being done on the cross of Calvary. And after he was he took care of his mother, his father separated from him. Are y'all listening to this? After he took care of his mother here on earth, his spiritual, his father uh, it, it, through uh, re the religious ram. His father, who created him, who, 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 I mean, excuse me, who created us, the father of Jesus had to forsake him. Now, it seems like you were taking care of business, family business on one end and being rejected on the other end. Oh, that's powerful. Most, but he did it. He, he did it most definitely. If you look at it at the surface level, it's like here's Jesus taking care of his mother. Then his father tossed him to the side. But I love the way you said it was a family matter. God was looking after the rest of the family by doing that, which means yes. me and you down the line, Bishop. Yes, sir. 
I know he was looking uh, at me. I know he was looking at me. Now, now, you know, some people say that they've been saved and dedicated to the Lord all of their lives. Well, I'm just going to be very honest with you. I don't have that testimony. I've been in the church, but the church and, and God wasn't necessarily in me all of those years. Let the church say amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. But it's so powerful and it's so wonderful that Jesus did that for me. He was separated from his father for me. And that tells me how much he really loved each and every one of us. Yes, indeed. That's truly some love. Not only God sending his son, but allowing him to die. And then the son being willing. I mean, I look at this from this standpoint. You got a brother who is Jesus Christ and we're joined as with him. But your brother was willing to die. Mm. Oh man, that's that's deep, Bishop. A family member said, I'm going to lay down my life for my brother. I'm going to lay down my life for my sister. That's just amazing. But I thank God for it because without Jesus, we would be lost. And during this season, this is the very crux of our faith. Yes. Yes, sir. I totally agree. And it's wonderful how this family affair being uh, uh, taking care of his mother, being rejected from his father, but simply because he had some other brothers and sisters that didn't even know that they were in the family yet, he had to take care of them. And I thank God for that. Lord, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you. Most definitely. I have a question for you, Bishop. And looking at this as a, from, a, from a, a natural perspective, what does this say about the relationship and the ties that we should have for our family, being able to take care of them, even in the hard times and difficult situations with this example. Well, it tells me that Jesus really thought a lot of his family so much so that he took care of his mother while he was on the cross of Calvary. He made sure that his mother was taken care of. And I want all of us to know that church activities, that's fine. Religious activities, that's fine. But in the final analysis, in the final analysis, when all of this is over, it's the family that's going to be there for you. And I want that type of relationship with my family, that if worse comes to worse, they would be there. Now, they can't be there if every time there's a ball game, I don't go to my son's ball game or every time uh, there's a function that my niece has that I can't go to be with my niece or family members. You all understand what I'm saying. Or whenever there's a family reunion, I got something else going on that I can't spend time with them. And just because they're not committed to Christ like I am, maybe that doesn't mean I need to get away from them. So I- I'm I'm excited to know that family should come first behind God, of course. Family comes, and and that is extremely important, that we put God first in our lives, but family. God created the family. That's an institution that he created. He created the family. He created marriage, and that's something we really need to keep in the forefront of our lives, and we thank God for the family. So spend time with your brothers, your sisters, your mother, your father, your family members spend time with them because and make those memories because that's what's most important most definitely indeed bishop family matters the issues that you go through and the importance of them i love to play on words family truly matters at this time i like to open up the floor for any questions um uh, if you have a question for the bishop related to today's topic please raise your hand and i'll bring you to the floor 
Well, Bishop, it seems like no one has any questions today. Will you just summarize today's lesson and close us out in prayer? Well, brothers and sisters, Jesus was taking care of family business with his mother and his new brother, John. And he had his mother to be taken care of by John and John to take care of his mother, vice versa. And, you know, woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. I've taken care of my mom. And then on the other instance, he was rejected by his father only briefly because there were other members of the family that would come one day and he was dying for them. He was dying for each and every one of us. And I'm so glad that I'm in the number today. I wasn't the chosen one, but I came in through adoption. And I thank God that he looked at all and said, I want him. No matter what his faults are, no matter what his failures are, no matter what his frailties are, I want him. And he prayed so that I could accept him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God for doing what you did on the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Jesus, for standing and being there with us every step of the way. Brothers and sisters, let us pray. Father, we thank you again for this podcast, and we thank you for the ministry through technological advances. Lord, we appreciate you. Thank you, God. Now, Father, I ask that this message would touch somebody out there listening, In the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for what you did for us on the cross. I don't know why you love me. I don't know why you even care. I don't know why you sacrificed your life. But oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad you did. And thank you for allowing me to become a part of the family. Thank you, Jesus. And all of these things we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. God, we thank you. Amen. 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 And we thank you, Bishop. And I just want to say thanks to everyone for listening to Bishop Rudolph's teaching on today. This is Mr. Speaker. Please visit the Bishop's website at robertgrudolph.org to listen to previous podcast episodes. Also, please share this podcast with your family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers so that they may be blessed and stay on point as well. Just a reminder, please check it out on Apple as well. You've been listening to On Point with Bishop Robert G. G. Rudolph, on point, keeping you focused in the right direction.